0: This is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life.
1: And my name is Jesse.
0: I'm Christine's little sister.
1: I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to earn or buy someone's love.
0: Hello to all of our family burrito podcast listener out there whose father said, "What the hell's that smell?" and don't ever make that shit again when you thought you would do something nice for him by making him a yummy Asian dinner. Welcome back to the Family Burrito Podcast, episode fifty-five. My name is Christine. My sister Jesse and I created this podcast as a way to heal our "What the hell is that smell?" and don't ever make that shit again father wounds. Jesse, <laughs> hey.
1: man he's what an asshole
0: because he liked asian food yeah and it's so funny because he would always like cook for me cook for me i love your cooking i mean he passed for me and so um i decided to and i usually would make like lasagna or spaghetti and things like that but i don't know he he like flew flew in the door i don't know if he was on cocaine or what was the deal Mm -hmm. but he definitely wasn't hungry but he walked in and that was not the reaction i was expecting jesse um you what know dick. yeah he was like what the hell is it don't ever make that shit again i was like god it was just asian food i wonder why he died alone yeah, exactly correct
1: right <laughs> just... yeah i mean he was just so fucking sweet to
0: everybody i don't... <laughs> yeah he was a little sweetheart wasn't he <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah yeah. And it's just, it was just crazy. Cause he'd always be like, you know, like I said, pestering me to, to make him and I'd have to really be in the mood to deal with him. You know, I like to, I love to cook. I actually love to cook. I love to like serve people their are like entrees. Um, I don't know what it is. I just, cause I like just like, for example, I made taco soup yesterday Yeah, and I like the cheese melted a certain way and the chips and all that and presents it to people. Um, but, but with him, he was, you know, my rule of thumb is people, they're either draining my energy or they're giving me energy and he definitely drained it. And so I'd have to really be in the mood to, to know that I'm going to have my energy drained. And, uh, but you know, usually he liked my food, but so that was a a bit of a surprise.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would have just thrown it at him
0: uh i think i was in shock because i was like does it really smell that bad like it's just a little soy sauce and little- one time
1: i threw my taco casa at him you did why yeah or taco cabana whatever taco shop it was in texas um because he was being a dick i don't remember exactly i was like 16 i was still dating evan like yeah.
0: so that was forever ago yeah, he yeah. probably said something embarrassing to Evan about you. And so that's probably why.
1: Yeah, we were just arguing and I threw my food at him. And then he took my car keys away from me. But then he realized I had to go to school the next day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was so like, where, I guess. So so okay, do you remember? Was it a taco? Was it a burrito? Was it a whole thing a nachos?
1: Like I think it was like a fajita thing. I think it was the fajitas.
0: Fajitas? You threw fajitas yeah, that was- that?
1: Yeah, it was hot. I remember it being hot. I was like, "This, I hope this burns him."
0: Did you throw it at his like face or his arm? Yeah, or?
1: his face.
0: Was he shocked?
1: Yeah, and so was Evan. <laughs>
0: Evan was there. Yeah. What? What did like, they? Oh, do? Did... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, this is <laughs> this was you and Evan's first date. No, I was kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Un- unfortunately, Evan already found out how crazy I was before that. But yeah, like. I don't know as a teenager I think that like we can all relate to having crazy hormonal crap well,
0: yeah well you were you yeah. had a, an emotionally abusive dad who would scream at you so I mean how are you supposed to react you know what I mean like throwing food <laughs> yeah 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 throwing food I mean he uh, but I I'm mean sure. at the
1: same time like I know that like I, I could have handled it better right but still yeah Like, sometimes, Um, like, I feel like being a child is just, like, it's the best reaction. (laughs) Yeah. Because we are all children. Like, we're just all grown-up children. Yeah. So, if we need to react, I guess we should just throw a temper tantrum.
0: Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting you're talking about that because uh, there is, I believe she is, like, a therapist. Uh, Yeah, she's a therapist. Her name is Deb Dana. And she's part of that polyvagal theory research crew. And... Dr. Stephen Porges, he is actually a scientist. He's not even a clinician. And he, years ago, started wanting to study nervous systems um, in mammals and newborns and the vagus nerve. And it wasn't for any sort of mental health, psychiatric reasons, but the things that he stumbled across was helping people who had trauma, who had trauma. Yeah. And I was reading her, some of her, she has this book on, it's like basically for therapists, like a guide. And I don't look barely into it. And I was just like blown away because it was talking about the three parts of our nervous system. But basically before the brain even decides your nervous system has already decided if something is, is not safe. And so when people react, you know, we judge them because we're like, they should know better, but they're nervous. They're just reacting. Their nervous system has already said, this is dangerous. And so, so like, you know, I think I've talked about this this before, like, you know, we're as humans, we're wired for connection, but we get rewired by our parents for protection and our, our nervous system. And so basically Our nervous system doesn't have this built up resilience, you know, that just takes time doing it over and over by having awareness and figuring out your clues and your cues that your nervous system might find dangerous, like, you know, because it's in survival mode. And so I I just think that's interesting how, you know, like I was reacting today with my nervous system for sure, (laughs) poor Jeff, you know, because I'm a very um, tone person. If I my nervous system is very sensitive to tones, uh, if your tone, my nervous system will decide in two seconds if your' tone. so is Michael Michael's the same way. I know, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. and so so and it's, not, it's not even yelling, it's just a tone. Right. And yeah because he
1: he'll that, me attitude he's like, your your attitude, I'm like, what attitude? like what yeah. tone?" And yeah. he's
0: like, you you don't hear it in your voice. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no yeah. yeah yeah yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, we went to, uh, you know, we're going to build, we're building a house and we're, yeah. we're figuring out like who the builder is going to be. And we decided on the one today. he's, he's actually, he lives in the neighborhood. We're going to build in this builder. So I'm super excited. Oh, nice. And so, you know, when there are talks, that's just, uh, that's very analytical, you know, about retaining walls and blah, blah, blah. I just, I'm not listening. And there was somebody, a a designer lady in the room. And so her and I were kind of doing a lot of cross-talking anyways. So we're in the car and he said something about, you know, we may have to look at building a two story. And I was like, huh? And he's like, you didn't hear what he said. And I said, no. And he said something about a retaining wall. And he goes, do you not care about that? And the way his tone was, I read it as, oh, you don't care about that. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, I don't have enough information to whether I care or not on anything about retaining walls or you know what you know we haven't even looked at two story so it was like all these things happen and I was just like why are you attacking me and he was like i was just asking a question (laughs) you know I was you know but I his tone right and so um but anyways he uh you know, we all have our, our thing, and his is kind of like, well, she's reacting, so I'm gonna shut down. You know what I mean? I'm gonna get quiet. You know.
1: That's, and I get quiet too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I if I don't, cause I, now I don't even know what words to say,
0: and if yeah. I do, speak, it's all blah 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 blah. <laughs> right, right. So you're just like, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then and then I react if you shut down because now I'm like. Now I go into this total, like, uh, I have done something so wrong, I can't do anything right, you know, And, and he's not even talking, Jesse, he asked me one question, what, you don't care about that? And I'm just exploded. Well, I'm also PMSing too, so... Um, but yeah I mean yeah, yes me. I don't care I don't know yeah and I guess like of course there's so many so many things read into that because <laughs> I care so much about so many things that's the problem I care too much I'm codependent, you know and so so what uh, so about five things are under the umbrella of what you don't care about that, you know so, I'm attacked. He doesn't think I care, you know. And it, you know, it's just. And then I have my reaction. And then I'm like, "Oh crap, he's gonna end this because <laughs> I'm so dramatic," you know. And then I just, I don't, we're just all fucked. We're all fucked up, Jesse. We're just all fucked up. <laughs> I right? know.
1: Like that's why when, um, like, every time I get in an argument with anybody, I'm just like man why did I react that way and yeah. it's always a reaction it's never like yes, thought response. it's yeah. never like oh you know maybe I should just write this down and then delete it or anything yeah. like a full-blown attack a motherfucker like um one of my old friends like she left me on red for like a week and there's other shit going on behind the scenes right but I got mad because she left me on red for a week
0: What's that mean? Left you on. She red. left me.
1: Uh, she le- she read my text but didn't respond back. Oh, so she didn't respond. Yeah, and I, re- I reacted. Like what? A, what? And my, my my reaction times are always in the morning. Like why? Like I yeah. Like I'm like I wake up and I'm ready to attack.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I, well, I, I love because see, see, the thing is, you're starting to have awareness to your reactions, and the timing of it is really cool because I remember I started going, why is it around three o'clock in the afternoon? I just want to overeat. I want to do, use those unhealthy coping skills was, I was taught, you know, why is it at three o'clock around three? I mean, for years I was like, but I just remember, I was like, why is it around three? Then I was like, oh, that's when I would come home from school. My mom would slam the cabinet doors.
1: Right. Yeah. And see, and like, I react kind of like, um, or maybe my mom would in that instance, because if you don't respond to her right away, she would be like, what did I do wrong? Kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and but I went off on I went off on her, and I made a lot of like things personal, mm-hmm. you know. So Where I, I okay, let me
0: on. let me ask you a question. What was it about her not responding to you that triggered you?
1: I hate being ignored, and mm-hmm. we had both like had, had like talked about how we don't like sending our friends text messages, um, and being left on red. You know, yeah. What I mean? like yeah. 'Cause she has she's from out she's from a different state as well. And like she was talking to me and confronting me about friends not talking to her anymore, um, from this place that she lived. Mm-hmm. And then I used that, of course, you know, in my when I had ammo, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. I used that. I was like, You wonder why people don't talk to you from where you're from, did it you know, like is so uncalled for in a lot of ways
0: but at the time i was like "Fuck this bitch (laughs) and you this was after a week of her not responding to you
1: yeah and then like and she didn't respond because other things were happening behind the scenes that like and and by the way like mind you i had worse i was coming off painkillers so like my mind was also not like in the right spot like you're still healing and stuff yeah no right not a good excuse either way but like that was my like me responding to her not responding to me um coming down from these painkillers especially like i don't know if you like i i don't know about other people but like i turned into a bitch on oxy like i am a raging c-u-n-t man Mm -hmm. it is bad and um and like thank god that i was asleep for most of this this time you know but like when I was on my pay I had to take painkillers for my wisdom teeth and -hmm. for some reason like I could not go to sleep and I was just a bitch to everybody I was like don't fucking talk (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah I painkillers I don't like them and they do I do not get any sleep they actually wire me and so I don't yeah. yeah yeah so so did she respond to you uh yeah she said that she needed a break okay that's fair enough
1: and then I responded with bet <laughs> and I blocked her and like responded with a childish, uh, another childish response because yeah. yeah. my feelings were hurt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah well, you felt <laughs> rejected and everybody needs space. Like, you know, and you but, know, like everybody we, has- had, we
1: hadn't kicked it in like
0: two weeks, I mean, two months. So I'm like space from what space from not seeing me. <laughs> maybe she was talking maybe she was referring to all the stuff going on in her life I-, I don't know i'm just playing devil's advocate i'm not sure yeah
1: but- no and like and and she and you know of course there was other things going on behind the scenes that like uh involve other people so i'm not really gonna yeah. Talk about it, but, yeah um it was just it was just kind of like is this really gonna end our friendship because i had a shitty moment like yeah, but it, well, and it definitely did because I, I i hit up one of her friends on instagram and i was like is this how she responds and she's called out mm-hmm. and i guess that friend like went to her and said i was talking shit mm. but I, it, it was like thursday i was just i even asked jackie i was like if this is how you like respond to people like asking you why you're doing certain things yeah I don't know. I feel like saying, I feel like when people say that they need space, that's saying a lot more like you need to like
0: explain yourself, bitch. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> and this this is in that book, that Deb Dana book, that this is what happens is that when people have reactions, everyone judges that reaction and it just yeah. reinforces the whole cycle of this, re- this re- reaction, you know. And so, you know, we have society's conditioning, all that kind of stuff. And so it just reinforces we judge, you know. And, um, instead of having compassion and also in that you had some sort of attachment with it, like this, this attachment, you were trying to get something from her that she wasn't able to give. And there was an expectation. I'm not sure, but really, I think this is a really good, a good piece because I would explore this more journal this because really what was the emotion and what was, what did this remind you of? Because our brain makes a decision our nervous system makes a decision half a second something's not safe yours over a week and then i don't know what happened what could have happened is whatever time like your unconscious could have been picking up stuff for the last couple days prior to this that your nervous system said think this isn't things aren't safe like i'm going to walmart and someone's being rude you know all of these things and then your nervous system was like i'm going to react i'm not safe but but what happens is your past literally comes in your present. So when you're reacting to things, it has nothing to do with that person. It is something or someone that reminds you of childhood because it's your amygdala in your brain that holds your childhood memories that say, this isn't safe. And it yeah. sends all these stress signals and stuff and cortisol and all this kind of stuff to your body. And so I would explore like, who does this remind you of? Like who in childhood like shut down wouldn't respond you know who because it's sort of like abandonment in a way and so something in your system when it kicked into survival mode um that reminded you of something in childhood and that's just something that i probably would,
1: just being abandoned
0: <laughs> yeah from
1: from from birth you know yeah like um i mean it's not like it's not her fault that i have fucked up childhood like yeah So did she, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what
0: kind of like bonded up over, like, fucked up. Right. Right. And we, we all, and like I say, we're all at the airport with our childhood luggage, and I don't know what's in your luggage. Even though you're my sister, and I know a lot of the experiences you have, I still don't know fully what's in your luggage, and you don't know fully what's in my luggage. Yeah. But I may make assumptions about your luggage or even judge your luggage, and same vice versa. Right. Like, you know, you could be like god she is 45 and she's still like over here you know having reactions to people's tone to the guy that she loves his tone you know when he's asking a damn question like what you don't care about that <laughs> you know what i mean like get together girl but here's the thing is like you know when we like in teenage whatever childhood we first start like using substances smoking weed drinking all of that stuff like delays our healing so we're all on our own timeline we're supposed to be you know what I mean and so there's nothing you need to be this far ahead or that far ahead like you know um your shift you know you you already have awareness the fact that you're able to recognize the parts that here's what I love about USC is that you are holding yourself accountable. And you're like, this is where I reacted. And I know this, you know, I know what happened. I know this is, but this is people have awareness. They just like, I don't know what to do with it. And that's the piece that people get very frustrated with because we're all really smart. You know, we're all intelligent, you know, and we think because we're intelligent, not because, Oh, we're so smart that we should know how to do this, or we should know better, but it's not, it's our conditioned nervous system that without unconsciously there were things already picked up before this where we had our reaction and like also like like you know we were in that meeting for I don't know two and a half hours and I was starving and I had a headache and so I definitely was not coming from a good place and I'm messing right (laughs) and so and I didn't sleep very well you know um so my reaction had multiple factors to it you know and of course I apologize you know um Sorry for being grumpy, but you know, the the cool thing about being in a relationship or a friendship, you know, that is trust and, you know, basically it's not about, you know, going on a date or having, you know, going on vacation and walking on the beach. The key to like a strong relationship is learning how to fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because everybody's going to argue, right? Mm -hmm. Getting healthy relationships. And you know, at the same time, like I'm not, I'm not saying that her react, like her reaction wasn't like, uh, like I don't know, like what am I trying to say? Like she, she meant she, she did it for certain reasons, probably because of her past trauma.
0: Well, yeah, and I think part of it is you don't understand it. You don't understand her reaction. And yeah. so when we don't understand things, we naturally make assumptions that it's something about me. And then you get pissed because you're like, I didn't even do anything. And it's so like, you created this whole scenario in your head, right? And that comes from this survival place, from being raised by an abusive father who screamed at you. I mean, screaming is abuse, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, that's you were that's how you were taught how that's how you were you weren't even taught how to cope like so well mind you right after i said those mean things like
1: after i said that i i like kind of took a few steps back and said that was out of pocket i love it and i was like that wasn't right of me to say that and then she said that she needed space so i think that the fact that i like took back like hey bro i was just upset like Mm -hmm. I, i expected her to kind of be like it's okay. You just had a traumatic experience. Yeah, right. And I, guess, I never I expected too much out of, like, don't I have oh. expectations
0: for motherfuckers, right? Like, well, here's the being... thing: were you ever told it's okay? Um,
1: no, I mean, no. no.
0: so she probably was never told it's okay either. And so we we yeah. expect these things from people that were never taught this. Like, I remember it had been many years since I'd been to the dentist, and. I finally decided I'm going to go to the dentist and I got on the way to the dentist. I mean, I got, this was years ago, but I got so worked up. I mean, I was in a panic. I was have I was starting to have panic attack. I don't know why, you know, at this point I was was a long time ago, but, and I mean, I get to the dentist and they couldn't even work on me because my blood pressure was so high. And I was, then I was freaking out. I'm like, I'm going to have a stroke, like all the, all everything all at once. And I got in the car and um I couldn't even get on the highway I was just freaking out um so I called my aunt and I was like a 45 minute drive and I was just crying and I was like I don't know like what is going on and then as I'm talking probably about 20 minutes into it I've realized is that I never had a parent ever say it's going to be okay yeah you know, take it like my mom would take me to the dentist. Thank you, mom, for doing that. But never would say, I mean, she had all of her anxiety, like thunderstorms, getting on an airplane. I mean, I sort of, she conditioned me to believe to have all these fears that aren't even true. You know what I mean? And so, so I remember just crying, like I never had anybody say it's going to be okay. Or if I was going through something, um, they never said that they were actually mean, you know? Yeah. It was- there was no support, you know? And so that's why, like, when I have clients that tell me, you know, start telling me about their childhood, I I just tell them that I'm, I'm sorry this happened to you and it's not your fault because I wish somebody had told me that when I was a kid, you know, that it's not your fault. It's not your fault, but you have these years of these crazy people conditioning you to believe it's your fault. You can't do anything right and yada 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 and then what's so crazy is the thing that we're actually trying to get away from unconsciously we recreate the same freaking trauma by getting in toxic relationships friendships whatever we 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 recreate it because it's familiar to us it's familiar to our nervous system and so we're just all trying to do the best we can i suppose you know yeah right well
1: there's so many different types of people you know like yeah so like if you are if you are like creating a new friendship or a relationship or whatever and you think that you know who they are and then like then their true colors start arising years later Mm -hmm. after you like committed time into this like relationship or friendship Uh Uh you know like that's what bugs me i'm like why did i just spend so much time and effort to try to like go out of my way and be friends with this person or whatever yeah Yeah. And, and the thing is like a lot of the friendships i've had um were ruined because of stupid reactions that like could have all been avoided but we're all children we're all just little babies living in the yeah yeah yep. um, and yep. it's not yep. always like and it wasn't always my reaction sometimes people would react to something i did and friendship's over you
0: yeah know? yeah yeah i know i know for me um kind of on the friendship part the i would say i don't so my thing is my thing is i is like, you know, we're just all energetic matches at the time we're matches, you know, I certainly, there are friends that I'm not friends with anymore that I was friends with for years. We're just not energetic matches because they're in my view, they're still stagnant. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I mean that in their awareness is not some, it drains my energy. It used to give me energy, but it's so stagnant it drains my energy and i can't be around it and i'm also not rescuing and saving anymore you know i that codependent and so it's interesting when you stop rescuing and saving people those people that you were doing that they go they all of a sudden they don't want to be your friend anymore you know because you're not doing shit for them anymore and they're going to go find another resource another you know and people who are constantly needing things and you start finally telling them no it's interesting they will find another resource you know and people need to freaking go through stuff like to, to, that's how you get resilience is going through stuff, you know, the struggle, and that's actually where the beauty lies is in the struggle, you know what I mean, and overcoming that, and there's another struggle, I mean, it's everything waxes and wanes, but, um, but I know for me with friendships, I've had definitely this perfectionist, perfection thing, like, oh, the perfect friend, the perfect guy, you know, all of this stuff, and that's still sort of some, uh, I mean, I'm kind of over that. Like, there's no such thing as perfection. And, and actually in my human design, like it says, like, that is been, that's a theme for me, you know, and there, (laughs) and that I sort of, what happens is when I, I'll go through shifts where I realize like, oh, there is no such thing. Like I get very depressed and it's true, you know, but what happens in that piece where I, I'm thinking, Oh, perfect friend. I don't see their flaws. It's like kind of like you're, when you're in love, the beginning of like being in love, you don't see any of the flaws because you're oxytocin and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. You don't see that. And then you start seeing it. But the thing with me is I won't see it for a long time because I'm still, oh, you know, this, uh, this perfect thing. And man, how much pressure it is to be my friend. (laughs) You know what I mean? You gotta be perfect. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: and well, that's, uh, i don't know i think that we all kind of have that Mm -hmm. but i mean i don't know i i i knew going into most of my friendships you know that like our differences were there like Mm -hmm. i meet most of my friends at the gym so Mm -hmm. like either they're going to be super health freaks or they're going to be very new to the gym you know what i mean yeah yeah and uh and i have a variety of that but I think that at a certain point people start like thinking they're better than you or like Mm -hmm. judging they just start judging things you do and
0: like yeah Yeah. well and also too we we unconsciously do the thing where we're still trying to get the thing that we didn't get in childhood and it's the thing that we're never going to get and i remember after when dad died having somebody to play with me yeah 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 oh, and that's, but also they say that's a good way to heal some of your trauma is play time go play with the dog you know go play with a baby you know um but yeah we're also looking for the thing that we didn't get and we're never gonna get it ever we're never gonna get it and so you just walk with it and it's just like surrender because and what's so interesting when you do that you actually sort of end up getting that thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Like when you finally just let go of that attachment and that need and go, "You know what? I am worthy. I am freaking good. Like I am amazing. I'm good." And and actually the thing too is that the thing you didn't get in childhood is the thing that you become. You become the thing that you didn't have in childhood. You money model. Mm-hmm. you become your own best friend <laughs> fall in love with loving yourself
1: yeah that's great it. i love it um i mean i don't know there's a lot of i think that everybody has a lot of like personal work
0: they gotta do yeah and that's know. their own business yeah and everyone's gonna have an opinion and that's fine like what i say about my mom i'm her opinion of me is none of my business and why would I care about someone's opinion who's got a lot of issues, right?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, I've never really cared about people's opinion. Mm-hmm. I, have I told you about the story about when I'm when I moved to Colorado originally the first mm-hmm. time? Um, these girls thought I saw dead people. So like, I oh, was, when you were a kid? Yeah.
0: How yeah. old were you? I was like nine, ten. Okay, and they said they thought you said you saw dead people
1: yeah because i said y'all when
0: there's only one person that's interesting <laughs> kids are silly
1: well so okay. they would like walk away from me like i put like i would have my lunch tray and sit down
0: with them at lunch or whatever yeah. and they would get mm-hmm.
1: their lunch trays and walk off
0: interesting so rejection at nine by friends and here so, we go <laughs> yeah rejected by friends um uh, but you know, but the thing is, like as as a kid, I really didn't give a fuck. Like I just went
1: and s- played on the swing set, mm-hmm. and I didn't even ask them why they did that. They can't. They had to come to me and tell me. Yeah, like you know why we stopped t- hanging out with you or whatever. It's because we think you see dead people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Girls are ruthless. You know, Sophia's twelve, <laughs> and I mean, man, seventh grade. Oof there's been some of those girls gonna get punched in the face I don't know I would beat um, up a kid yeah and, and the, the boys are just as bad like um yeah we've had she actually and I don't want to reveal her secrets I think she would kill me but she had some issues with being sexually harassed by this boy and I will say the school did a great job they stepped in they're changing his schedule he was disciplined and he apologized but I'm like I guess what when I was in seventh grade I don't remember that drama because that's when mom my mom kicked me out of the house and I moved to Georgia. And so there was this sort of halfway in between school of seventh grade where I left all my friends that I knew from childhood and went and started anew and trying to make new friends in Georgia. And then of course getting to know your mother and then you know dad and it was just, you know, my drama was so internal. Like I didn't I didn't see what anybody else was doing. But apparently seventh grades can be pretty rough.
1: Oh yeah. I remember one time this kid came up to the locker and he was like, I heard you give good blowjobs. <laughs> I kicked him in the nuts. You did? Yeah. What
0: yeah. did
1: he do? He just called me crazy. H- hey, Jesse, how many times do you think you've been called crazy in your life? I mean, it's it was literally my nickname in high school, crazy white girl. Like there was a point in time where I was living with Evan kind of, and he lived in these apartment buildings where some kids that I went to school with lived. And um, Evan had just gotten arrested because, you know, there was drugs. There were drugs involved and he got arrested. And one of these uh, crackheads and I were like fucking arguing. Like I was about to fight a crackhead. How old were you? Like 17. And um, this girl from school was walking upstairs and she was with one of her homegirls and her homegirl was staring at me. And I I looked at them and I was like, what the fuck are you looking at? And uh, the girl I knew from school, like I had like smoked once with her and everything. She was like, don't look at her, don't bother her. She's crazy. <laughs> I was like, man, even when like the most, cause this is the ghetto. So like, even when the most ghetto people are like, she's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So you, you hung, so.
0: Evan lived in the ghetto like yeah because
1: like, it was right off Cherry Lane
0: on I-30 so that's when like, his like parents had kicked him out his yeah, dad helped him get an apartment yeah yeah so dad got him an apartment in the ghetto that's funny, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, was funny. it was cheap right, right. it was right right It's probably <laughs> fully furnished <laughs> um oh my gosh
1: but like it was so many um crackheads and yeah I was about to fight with the crackheads that stayed there Yeah. I remember one time, like we got in the a rock fight, like we were throwing rocks at people and they were throwing rocks back. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) What
0: (laughs) like those were the good good old (laughs) days. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I I know I know exactly what you mean. Cause I, you know, I, you know, when I was a teenager, I'd buy my weed from the Crips, you know, the gang, and Mm -hmm. I'd go hang out with them and play dominoes. Like I felt safe because you know, at home, there's only one person, either my mom or be my dad, you know, and they're abusive. So the people who look like me are the scariest people on earth, you know? And so I felt safe around a group of people who, yeah, they're protecting their, their stuff, you know, but it was community. It felt like a family and I just felt safe there. And here I am, this hippie white girl, you know, who would rather be out of her middle-class, you know, white family neighborhood and go hang out and go play dominoes and, and hang out with the Crips. Like I'll never forget it. And it's funny. I look back and I go, wow, that's so fascinating because I just, it was community. And I just, what I, that's what I wanted. I wanted like a family and yeah. they were very nice. Join and, the Crips. <laughs> yeah, they were very, very nice. And, um, it was a very, very good time and then i think one of them ended up going to jail and then i don't know but yeah
1: i had a friend named tater tot he was a crip and he's oh, in really? pres- he's in federal prison for life for killing his brother and his uh girlfriend he caught them yeah. having sex mm-hmm. and he cut off the girlfriend's uh head and drove around with it on top of his car so he got arrested
0: that's crazy that's, 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 no, that's true crazy. crazy. <laughs> well, Jesse, I don't know anything else, baby girl. I love you. Crazy ass.
1: <laughs> I love you too. Merry right, Christmas. By
0: the way. Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs>
1: bye.